this week on Inside Motorsport, we find out about the new series GT1 with Paul Taylor. I hope you can stay with us. Welcome back to Inside Inside Motorsport with Paul Taylor and Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel, the instigator and the man who uh, has been in the microphone for many years here. Paul, welcome to uh, Inside Motorsport. Thank you, Tony. Paul comes to us fresh from the inaugural round of uh, GT1 series, uh, which uh, ran at Malala uh, last weekend. Uh, a successful opening debut while the owner uh, of uh, the car he's been involved in some time, Rod Salmon, didn't have a great weekend. No, Rod no. Could, uh, certainly described that Rod's weekend wasn't great. He had an altercation with the wall, uh, which ended his uh, race two. All right. Now, Paul Taylor comes to us with a, a long history in motorsport, dating back many, many years. And I first met him 25 years ago. And uh, after time with both uh, Avesco, Tiga, technical director, uh, long time involved in the preparation of race cars, also time as a CAMS official, including time as a race director. He's now one of the owners of the new GT1 series. Um, and uh, Rod Salmon and he have started this category for a number of the owners. Uh, great opening weekend, Jake Camilleri winning in a uh, Mark Mustang uh, with uh, another of the Mark cars coming in second, I believe, um, in also in a Mark Mustang. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, that's right. So the Mark Mustangs took first and second places for the weekend. All right. Tell us a little bit about the series, Paul. So the, the series is for... Uh, older model GT3 cars and or sports cars in general, of which the Mark cars fit in. And it's uh, more about trying to provide a cost-effective platform for those cars at a national level uh, with more of an emphasis on, well, certainly not an emphasis, but for amateur drivers only. <coughs> Pardon me, so non-professional drivers. Uh, and it's trying to appeal to the market for more of the gentleman racer. Yep. Um, and it's, it's important for them to get the fund versus cost ratio uh, more how they want it to be. And that's what we're really concentrating on, keeping the costs under control and ensure that it's a well-organised weekend where they can uh, get plenty of competition without the ridiculous cost. Now, you're playing a number, wear a number of hats in this weekend, not only as a sporting director, a technical director, uh, you're also involved with Rod Salmon preparing his car, uh, an Audi, is that correct? No, I don't actually get involved with the Audi. Uh, the oh, Audi's okay. Is, is prepared um, and run by Melbourne Performance Centre. Yep. I've, I certainly... I, Long I time Audi uh, um, Performance uh, Customer Centre. Yes. Yes, they're the uh, Australian agents for, for, for all the Audi uh, motorsport um, cars and components. Uh, they, they do a great job and odds been with them for a long, long time. Uh, and they continue to, to, to uh, prepare and run his car. So we yep. certainly have plenty of other roles, uh, plenty of other things happening across the weekend. Do you play any um, uh, you know, race directing of the GT1 series? Um, in in a way, um, this is all, uh, the series being so new, um, it's evolving very quickly. Um, I certainly uh, spent all of the sessions and races in race control, uh, working with the uh, officials at the event to try and um, help the event run more smoothly. Uh, yeah, not, not in the official capacity as a race director, but certainly providing some assistance where I could. OK. 
okay. Um, and it's certainly appropriate that these races tend to be shorter races. You're not needing endurance racing as such with them. Exactly. The, the um, standard round format is for two 50-minute races, uh, so therefore you don't have any issues with having to do refueling or issues with tyres or anything like that. It's just a, and um, and co-drivers wouldn't be normally part of it. No, we've started out uh, being a single driver category. Um, we could possibly look at um, two drivers down the track, but at this stage we're concentrating on one driver per car for the weekend. Right. Now, Rod's been involved with a number of young drivers. Will Brown, I can remember, was driving the car earlier this year, was it? Uh, he has, yes. He's, he's driven Rod's um, Audi. You know, we drove it earlier this year at a test day and has driven with Rod a number of times over the last 12 or 18 months. So, you know, Rod is, is certainly possible that he could be uh, involved in sometime in the future, but predominantly it'll be a single driver events. Um, your next round is at Morgan Park in Queensland? That's, that's correct, yes. And uh, when's that running? Um, that's in about eight weeks from now we run okay. at Morgan Park. all right. Um, and you're very happy with the way in which the weekend worked. It was at Malar, which is a traditional club-style circuit, uh, it's a, a bit of a distance out of Adelaide, but at least it's got access to uh, an audience there. Yeah, we, uh, we're very, very happy with how the weekend uh, ran. Uh, we obviously put the resources we had available to us into the category, and you know, we've been uh, involved in a number of categories in the past, so we've been able to bring that experience through to make sure the um, event went as well as possible, and I think everybody was very happy with uh, the way it all came together. All right. Paul, well, why, uh, what was the impetus of setting up GT1? Because obviously uh, you're saying it's for amateur drivers, but there were classes which would allow amateur drivers to run in, in existing GT races. Uh, obviously, Rod has got his finger on the pulse of what's happening within GT. Uh, and there seem to be a little... Um, uh, some of the drivers seem to be a little unhappy with the current situation for various reasons. And we just saw there was an opportunity there to provide a, a, another opportunity for them to participate that concentrates more on the things that they were looking for, being the, the more, the slightly more relaxed environment and uh, lower costs. So that was really what the, uh, the motivating factor was to start up. And what's your uh, next project? Uh, you obviously uh, have plenty to do in preparing for uh, Morgan Park. Yes, I, I also uh, get involved. So I, I, do, I do work with Rod in other aspects. We... Uh, we just uh, competed at the Bathurst Six Hour in a Mercedes A45 production car, which uh, we, we put that together and ran that for Rod last year. So we also and, and you've developed that car over a couple of years, haven't you? Yeah, over about 18 months we've been developing yes, that yep. car. So and, it's been a and you ended up fourth. We did. We had yes, we had a good run. We ended up fourth at the Six Hour, so we're very happy with that. So that will run next in the production car championship. Yes, it will. Yeah, so the next round for us is in five weeks at Sandown. So right, uh, OK, so you've got a few uh, close together there. Yes, yeah, it's pretty happening. How right. strong is club-level motorsport at the moment, Paul? Are we, are we seeing a growth in that area? I think the area that we tend to operate is the, is the, the national-level motorsport. Um, I, I don't know whether... I probably wouldn't define that as typical club motorsport. So uh, to me, club motorsports more club level, so people don't travel so much from even up to state level. Um, the two series, GT1 and all the production car series, are both national level. It's it's tough. Um, obviously, the budgets required to 
participate in a national series are much higher than they are if you just can participate at your own club or within the state. So it's tough. Is it growing? It's hard to know at the moment. It's um, some some events. Look at the six hour. It's uh, it's going from strength to strength, but um, other categories are really struggling. So overall, certainly what I'm involved with, it's been quite stable and possibly growing, but. Um, yeah, other categories are certainly finding it tough. Because there, there is sort of one money sink in motorsport, which is supercars, and then the rest seem to just be hanging off the uh, the scraps when it comes to funding and trying to build an audience. Yeah, I think um, I think you've got to identify the difference that supercars are a professional category where all of the others aren't, and they're funded primarily by the participants. Uh, and that's it's easy to say that supercars taking all the money because it is. Um, but does that mean that money would be spent on the other categories if it wasn't going to supercars? I don't, I don't think you can necessarily um, draw that conclusion without uh, there being others involved. All right. Well, um, thank you very much, Paul Taylor, for joining us inside Motorsport. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, following the uh, growth and development of GT1 and the series that goes with it. You other categories that run on it. Uh, uh, miniature race cars, which uh, virtually are the old Aussie race cars. I think they probably well define them more as motorcycle engine cars, they are. Okay. So not, not specifically old Aussie race cars, but they are certainly motorcycle engine cars. Right. Like they, they, will, they run as well. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.